1: Liftoff, we have a liftoff. 32 minutes
2: past the hour. Tower cleared. And as Apollo 11 does its roll program, this podcast now does its roll program. The tape is rolling. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. My name is Grant Cameron, and you're listening to the Paranormal UFO. Consciousness podcast.
1: Thank you for taking time from your life to be here.
2: Okay, here we are. For me, Sarah, how you doing?
3: Good. Can you see me? Uh oh.
2: Hold on. Camera bottom left. There you go. Nancy. Turn on your camera, uh, bottom left.
1: I'm here. Here you are. Hi. <laughs> Nicole?
3: Joseph, can you close the door for me? Nancy. Oh, my gosh. I'm so <laughs> lucky. I get to finally see you.
2: There
1: you go. Oh, so nice to see
3: you. Na-
2: we were Nancy's just talking on the phone. Uh-huh. N- Nancy's looking good. People are going to wonder whether she's actually gone through menopause. Look pretty young.
1: (laughs) Actually, I started menopause at 39. (laughs) What? Yeah, he said it was very young to start menopause, but I was glad. Yeah. Lucky.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Grant, the the
1: consensus is
3: out. Everybody loves you. By
2: the way. Well, that's okay, I guess.
1: Grant's mother made this. Oh, that's
2: awesome. oh yeah there you go
1: I you got one of the few there. i don't even know
2: where they all went i think you're the only one that's sort of showing it off and
1: oh mine stays oh, on my oh, desk my all the time oh that's so cute
2: <laughs> and it's being recorded so maybe maybe uh let's see maybe nicole is busy because she just started the tape it's recording Okay, so I guess we'll start.
0: I'm here. I'm just having all sorts of technical difficulties. I can't get you guys open on my computer, just on my phone. So can you guys even hear me? I was just going to, I just switched you to be host. It's recording to the cloud. So it's still recording for everybody.
1: So this is not live,
0: right? I'm just gonna leave and try to come back in, but I don't want to disturb anybody from talking.
2: Okay, so we'll start uh, without you when you get in here, because this is a this is a women's conversation. You should be running. I know.
0: I don't want to leave (laughs) alone with any tampon talk or anything. So (laughs) I'll be back.
2: Okay. Okay, so let's uh, begin. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. This is Grant Cameron, and I have a very special show today. I had an interview um, about a week or two weeks ago with Sarah Cosme, and um, at one point during the interview, she mentioned something that I went, hey, what did you, like, you say? I was like, <laughs> and so once we're going to talk about it, this is like woman's conversation, so anybody who's out there uh, men may not like this conversation, but this is extremely <laughs> interesting. I was really shocked when I heard it because I have a, another friend, uh, Nancy Tremaine, who uh, has done two books. And Nancy's fought a long battle with um, this this uh, story her entire life. Uh, she was um, very, very, um, I'm very proud of her to go out to publish two books to actually track the people down like a private detective and make everybody talk, make everybody go under regression and get the story out, despite the fact that a lot of her relatives weren't too keen about this whole thing, about what was happening. So I wanna uh, welcome Sarah from Florida. How are you doing tonight?
3: Oh, fantastic. Thank you for having me.
2: Yeah, wonderful. And we have, uh, Nancy is from Michigan, Novi, Michigan, or somewhere in that area. That's where everything happened. Mm-hmm. And later on during the conversation, my assistant Nicole Sackage from Illinois will be joining us. But to get to the, the situation, and we'll sort of uh, string it out so people really don't know what we're going to be talking about here. Um, Nancy, let, let's start with you. Um, give me just a little brief description of the fact that you've dealt with this whole thing in your life when you realize it started. And then let's go to later on in your life when, when the phenomena comes back and we have the experience that we're gonna talk about tonight.
1: Yes, Um, well, there was an event by Michigan involving uh, three Novi, Michigan police officers on the scene and it was a daylight sighting. Uh, And I only had so many memories, you know. Um, I remember the ship and the lights and uh, the beam of light immobilizing what turned out to be uh, Martin Cohn, an off-duty police officer's car. And um, I remember jumping up and down with excitement. Um, And the last thing that I remembered was the the fear in the police officer's uh, face when I asked him if it was real. Um, And then I was home with my father and then I was silenced. And this being silenced is, is it, I've now found out that this is really more common than you think. There was the um, Phoenix Light sighting. Yeah. Thousands of people, thousands saw it. Yeah. And there was a, a woman at work with other people. And they were watching this. And, they, and she said she felt it was a gift. And um a blessing, and she kept uh she was so excited that she was able to witness this, but after the the ship passed over, she and all the other people at work just went about their work like nothing had happened it was almost like what I wrote in my book, like a blanket had been thrown over us um so, so you you actually get
2: some of this back through hypnotic regression, and Sarah is is mm-hmm. that's her expertise. So you mm-hmm. actually went and you did it, and you got other people to go under regression to try to track this story of a a being that you call Mister. Can you explain who Mister is and what he's looked like through your lifetime? Because he's changed, he's gone from one type of being to another. Correct?
1: Yes. Well, the only time I ever saw him in reptilian form was the very first time that I saw him, and that was through regression, and I was only two or three years old, and um, I wasn't afraid of the way he looked. He looked like a reptilian, but it was icky. That was the only word that I could put to it as a a child, and he realized that, so he never showed himself in that form again, and uh, so 50 years went by of this silence that Nobody spoke of what had happened in Novi, Michigan. <sighs> and uh, it was 2011, September. And um, I awoke and I went after Cindy, the, my girlfriend who was with me during this incident in Novi. And she awoke. And we started putting the pieces together over a um, four-year period. And I recorded our phone calls. And the the ironic part here is that the following month October of 2011 the police chief awakens and um he says wow I haven't thought about that in a long time and I was thinking yeah 50 years (laughs) 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 and I recorded his phone calls and he allowed me to um and you can hear as as the conversations go through the years it's almost 100 when he died he died in um Uh, 2020 March but you can hear how he's coming to terms with what had happened and he realizes um, that he's going to to pass and I said don't take anything with you don't do that and he put it all out there and he wanted to do this interview with the Detroit Historical Society and he said um, and I've got the recordings and you've got them that he, he wanted to do it for the people of Novi that had suffered in silence for so long. So that's how it all began. And then here I am. I thought we were going to start with um, me getting pregnant. <laughs> oh, I lost the sound.
2: Yeah, no, this is no, this is where we wanted to go. I just wanted to set up so people oh. know that you had this experience in 1961. And he looked like a human at that time, right? In the, in the ship. And oh, he was a man. He was yeah. a, yeah. And and there were some greys in there who had done some sort of experiment or yes. needle or whatever with your body, whatever. They did so a you laparoscopy. Uh huh. Yeah, and, and you asked the, mister, you said, why did they, why did you allow them to do this? And, and it's, I think it's kind of interesting that people know, what did he respond to you?
1: Well, I said, mister, I was, they were all done. They'd done the laparoscopy and they'd put the, the, the uh, rod in my hand. Which is, I realized now was a baton, and they attached the message take this baton and run with it, be an ambassador. I said, Mr., why did you let them hurt me? And he told me that my pain had been perceived, which of course infuriated me. And he told me that I needed to learn to expand my perception and to find the positive. If we are abused, then we will perceive our reality as a negative. Through love, we are able to perceive our reality as a positive. Everything and everybody is peripheral to our universe and our reality. And if we can conquer the concept that we are all part of one energy, then the concept of unity becomes obvious because whatever we are, we are always who we are. And I started getting all these loving messages after the the third regression it was like pandora's box had opened the messages just started pouring in and and they would put these images in my head like a uh, the old slide projector and take them out and i was to draw the images that they were putting in my head and i say they my messages come from mr or the collective mind and uh my drawings are very childlike because they were drawn by the 12-year-old Nancy, many of them. I could have had David Chase do, yeah. do them. but he said, no, your energy is in those drawings, as bad as, as, bad as they are. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> so. so you have all these experiences your whole life, and you get these messages. And then let's get to what we're talking about today. You have an experience, uh, which you told me about many years ago, and it's in your book. So this Mm -hmm. has been documented. Mm -hmm. You're, what, 62 years old. And tell me what what led up to that and what happened. And and that's where we're going to
1: go tonight. Well, it was January 7th, 2012. And I met a man. And we'll call him Sid, which is an acronym for someone I dated. (laughs) And (laughs) I was 62 years old at the time. And by the end of the following month, which is February, I was pregnant. And I'm not going to get graphic. Um, The details, details, I get pretty detailed in the book. I read it now and I'm embarrassed. I go, well, you really wrote that and you really left that in there? (laughs) But I said, as we were having sex, the words just came out. I said, I'm pregnant and it's a boy. And I heard myself. And after I said to him, did you hear what I said? And he said, no. And I said, oh, thank you. (laughs) Um,
2: And you mentioned before we started the show that you had started menopause at 39, correct?
1: 39. And the doctor said that was very young to start menopause. But because I was so young when I had my daughter, he said he had seen it more often in, in people who had had children when they were, very young. So yeah, I'm pregnant. Now it's February and it's March 8th. And I had morning sickness for 24 hours. And I laughed because I say when I had morning sickness, with my daughter, it lasted for months. So their morning sickness is 24 hours because they're only pregnant for a short period of time. But then on March 9th, the following uh, day, Sid was shut down. They literally, I watched his eyes roll back in his head. And, and he was a big man, 6'6". Six, six. He said 250, but let's say 300. And when he hit that bed, it was like a giant oak, all his clothes on. And I put my feet in his stomach and I'm saying, wake up, wake up. They're coming to get me. I wasn't afraid at all. And um, I couldn't budge him. I couldn't move him. He, he was dead weight. I I laid back and I got really relaxed and um, there was a window in the hotel. We were in a hotel room and I was watching the window, waiting, and the next thing I know, it's, um, was it 5 a.m.? And, um, yeah, it was 5 a.m. And I I woke up on my back and I'm not a back sleeper. I sleep on my stomach. And when I woke up, I knew that there was someone in the room and I kind of peeked (laughs) because I wasn't supposed to wake up as quickly as I did. So I peeked. And as I peeked, I could see a small gray and he was making circular motions over my stomach. And what I do, I call it collecting souvenirs. And I remember these things that you wouldn't normally remember, which makes it real. And I was. I was laughing or I was humored that he was right-handed because he was making this with his right hand. And he said to me, I'm making one last check on the baby. And as soon as he left the room, Sid came to like, <laughs> said, they, they shut you down and they took me. And he's looking at me like, you're crazy. I kept saying, What's going on with your stomach? You know, all this time, you know, what's going on? With you? I, I keep saying, I told you I'm pregnant. Well, he never did get it. He never understood it. Um, So March 25th, and you can see, I take notes every day of my life so that I I could keep track. I was given my son's name, Drax. And I thought that was the cutest name. Um, And if you Google it, you'll see that the meaning of Drax, it was given by a woman in Detroit, Michigan, (laughs) who says that it's a thinker. It's a oh. bunch of sorts. So I, that's actually, it's in there. Um, and my stomach began to grow and grow. And I'm tiny. Um, I, I was really tiny then, like 100 pounds. So you can see the pregnancy picture. And when you're pregnant, and you could tell your pregnant stomach is very different than a fat stomach or, you know. But I was at Cindy's house and Cindy said, Nancy, what's going on with your stomach, you know? I said, again, I'm pregnant. And when I left, she called me. And she said, you know, after you left, Doug, her husband, he said, Nancy's pregnant. So he knew. And my best friend, Tom, an attorney for 25 years, (laughs) I was at his house. I got the key to his house. And he walked in and there was the first thing he noticed. He said, what's up with your stomach? And I proudly lifted my shirt and I said, I'm pregnant. And just, Tom is a very shy, quiet uh, man, a few words. And he said, well, well, he was stuttering and stammering. You better stop being pregnant. <laughs> it scared him. Then April 15th, I woke up and my stomach was flat. There was no pain. Um, no evidence of anything having been done, except that I was back to normal. Um, and I knew that Drax was never really mine. I, mean, I knew I wasn't going to be in the grocery store pushing him around in the cart, um, but I needed answers. And, uh, and I kept saying to them, how did you do that? I have to know how you did it because I had gone through menopause. I was 62. And on top of that, I had a tubal ligation. So I couldn't get pregnant it was feasibly impossible. So what they did is they gave me an image of a large bowl with a large spoon making stirring motions. I was to understand (laughs) that Drax was a mixture of Mr. and I and um, Sid was nothing more than a vessel. Um, And I made a request that I wanted to see my son. I said, I have to see him. So they honored that request on um, June 12th, 2012, because when they took him in April, he wasn't completely formed at that time. So when I got on board, there was a woman holding my son who was swaddled in a blanket, and I recognized her right away. She was my daughter, Bailene, a daughter from what I had considered a false pregnancy, in 86 or 87, I was living with a man and he was thrilled. Um, I wasn't, I didn't want any more children. Um, but even though I, I, she tried to hand me uh, Drax and I wouldn't take him because even though I couldn't see him I, I, I understood that his head was large and misshapen. And I could tell that his back and he was so thin and, and slight and I, I wouldn't take him and I was made to feel, and I knew he was, I knew he was telepathic. So I refused to look in his eyes. I refused. I knew he would see the, my disappointment. And I was made to feel Thalene's, his sister's sadness. And they threw me right back. Um, right back, and I felt horrible. I, I felt horrible, and I cried and cried, and I begged him to please, please let me see him again, and I would promise to love him. So... I woke up October 10th. I'm sorry. I just went went there for a minute. I woke up October 10th, 2012. And I had these scratch marks right here, right above my breast. And they're in the book. Um, and they didn't come out in the book. But when I did my um, speech, I had the pictures clear. And you've got the copy of the clear ones. Yeah. And they looked red and infected. And I... And I went to touch them. I didn't know what they were. And I was expecting to go, ouch. And there was nothing. It was a hologram. There was nothing there. And I called um, Dr. Wellness, who had been a former MUFON state director. And I told him. And he said, get pictures and get them right away because those are going to fade. And I wondered why he would say that. But I took picture after picture after picture. And I was actually standing in the mirror watching them fading. Yeah. And there's another picture of the following day and the dates are on the pictures. You can't make that up. 10, 10 and 10, 11. And the I came so close. I was practically on top of it with my camera and all you could see was just a very faint pink little mark. And um, I I said, what, again, I was saying questioning and what was that? What was that? I had to know. And I was given this image to draw, and I drew it, and it was of a woman nursing a baby, and it was me. And they wanted me to know that I had bonded with my son.
2: Beautiful. I I, I, I totally honor you for telling the story. You, you tell it with such emotion, and it's a very meaningful story, uh and yet we now have something to back you up But this is because most people say this is absolutely crazy so Sarah join us now maybe if you've got some questions for Nancy and then you can add in what you told me in our first interview
3: it's funny because when I told you that it was after the interview it was just matter of fact oh I had this really weird phenomenon start happening in my <laughs> office where these women that were postmenopausal would come in and they would say, I feel pregnant. I go to the doctor and they say, there's nothing. You're not pregnant. They would do a scan. Can you hear me?
2: Yes. Yes. Yes.
3: They would do a scan on me and there's nothing. And, but I know what pregnancy feels like. I know I'm pregnant. I know it. I was <laughs> pregnant before. And, blah, 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 blah. So we would do this session because I'm a QHHT practitioner and I would regress them or just put them under hypnosis. And it turns out they were pregnant. They were pregnant with a hybrid being. So I got really curious after the first one, I was like, what do you mean you're pregnant with a, this is somebody that already went through menopause. Um, you know, I was like, what do you mean you're pregnant with a hybrid being? And why, why is this person pregnant? And they would say, because the 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 part of a person I'm talking with is their higher self, or their people call it all different kinds of things. Even ETs come through that part. It's all the same. But they would say, "Oh, they're pregnant because they're seeding a different Earth. They're always like matter of fact. There always has to be another planet. We can't just have one planet, Earth. We're seeding another planet just in case of the unthinkable." And then I found out more and more. <laughs> history about why we were seeding this other planet to begin with. But um, what was really fascinating was this wasn't just one client. This was so common and they would come and they would say things like, I've never told anybody. In fact, my doctor thinks I'm crazy. My husband thinks I'm crazy. My friends think I'm crazy. Mm -hmm. But I was like, I don't think you're crazy because you're like the 10th person that has this thing going on. And I would ask their higher self, why are they seeding this other planet? Why, you know, I aside from ha- needing to have a backup planet, and they would say because it needs to be a combination of uh, humans and a high, a more highly developed being, because they will be the guides, and it has to be something we recognize, because otherwise it wouldn't be your new planet; it would be somebody else's new planet. It couldn't just be a regular being. Um, being the guides. It has to be a combination. And so I was like, oh, okay, you know, that, all right, that makes sense. But why are you using postmenopausal women? And they said, well, they used to use uh, teenagers, but it had become too hard to hide. Now, this, it, <laughs> for the people going through this, they would think, If when they would come in, they would be very afraid. They thought ETs were something to be afraid of. Um, God forbid they're one of those people. But then they would leave understanding that no, the ETs are them. They are the ones that abduct and they're the abductors. They're family, ancestors. They're just coming to do checkups, to do, you know, sometimes they would actually do healing on the person and they used all kinds of interesting tools that were really fascinating to learn about. And it was beneficial. I've never once had a client come in, um, and be regressed and find anything that wasn't beneficial. I mean, I don't know how many sessions I've done and that's always been the case. So I thought it was so amazing when I got to talk to Nancy because, oh my gosh, her story is just so amazing. And I started reading this most amazing book. (laughs) If you haven't read this, I really highly suggest it. You can't put it down once you start. I I thought I was going to skim through it. I was like, oh, I'll skim through it before this interview. And then after the first word, I was, oh my gosh, I cannot skim through this at all. It's so good.
2: (laughs) Wow, it's, it's uh, how, how many do you think you had in terms of numbers? And maybe you can talk a little bit about when you talked to me the first time. It's almost like you're part of the play. You're part of the mission because you talked about this, uh, your book, the Atlantis book, and you can refer to that. But where a client would come in, tell you a story. Next client would come in and continue the story. Next client would come in and continue the story. And you had for one after another, and it's almost the same thing. Almost like we want Sarah to go out with this story about these these women because they these women all started to appear to you and then mm-hmm. you did the interview with me and I, then we add Nancy to it. It's almost like they want this story out and a lot of people aren't going to believe it, but they, if they know the background of your story that that you have these clients where it's almost like the people are being sent to you. It's no random event. This is something that's actually orchestrated.
3: It's so funny because... I never, I wasn't into any of this stuff at all. I went to college because I wanted to be a psychologist (laughs) and I didn't continue with my studies because part of my job was to basically drug people and when I had an internship and um, I thought, wow, this isn't really helping people. So that's when I got into hypnosis and I realized right away, hypnosis helps people. (laughs) And what I was doing, of course this was my own uh my own feeling about it i'm sure psychology helps a lot of people but for me um it didn't seem to work the way i thought it would um so um i forgot your question what did you yeah you
2: we were talking about yeah, they oh, sort of relate okay. to the fact that you had these other experiences where right. you had this story that was being told to you as well which is right. uh, what you're going to be talking about in nevada next month and and the, the subject of your book and probably your next book and and where, right. where it led you. Like you, you it's almost like they're leading you down some path to tell a story.
3: It is very fascinating. It's almost like a game now, which I can't doubt anymore. But at first I thought it was a coincidence because I had this um this friend that I was working with to uncover all this information about Atlantis and Lemuria and I thought it was just a coincidence that so many of my clients were being regressed and talking about the same time periods. And I thought this this is such a strange coincidence. I didn't think anything of it, but then the same thing started to happen with these pregnant women with the hybrid beings and, and one after another kept coming. And then it was obvious as I started to write the book, the book was written for me and different missing pieces would come to my office, literally, and be regressed to fill in the blanks. And it was just, I, I don't doubt it anymore, because I see that they're just using me as a vessel to get their story out. I, it's like the information has a consciousness of, it own, of its own, definitely.
2: Nancy, maybe you can talk about that. You were, you were, the book was given to you as well. You um, tell us how you wrote the book and how you got helped. Same
1: yeah one. first i want to say sarah i read your book i i, I like you I, I couldn't put it down i knew nothing about um atlantis and so much of what you said i mean my hair was standing up it's a beautiful book beautifully you got it there
2: can you hold it up someone hold it up so people can see no
1: i read it on um
2: oh on kindle on kindle sarah, yeah. yeah sure of
1: course. <laughs> yes
2: and, and we have an interview sarah and i have an interview on on this which is fascinating and we're doing another interview in another week To go with QHHT, with a bunch of practitioners who are going to talk about how this helps people.
1: Oh, she's amazing! She's absolutely amazing. And you put her in my path, Grant, sir, Grant. (laughs) It's no accident. It it, everything happens as it's supposed to happen at the exact time it's supposed to happen. And um, so,
2: you talk about writing the book. Yeah, how? Oh, the book
1: was how you you wrote the
2: book. Because you're you're not a book term. writer, you're not you're not a you know professor, and and so talk talk about that you had the song that you were playing and you were writing the book, and you were you were obsessed. I mean, you you've got an excellent mm-hmm. memory, but you worked at it like a little beaver, and uh, you're the last <laughs> person that, that would have come up with it. But you were helped as well, correct? The same as absolutely,
1: Sarah? they wrote the book through me. Um, and I, I, like I said, I would read a chapter after I wrote it and I'd go, wow, it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> the best girl. <laughs> I didn't write like that. Um, and I wrote it to the song, the prayer. And if you read the lyrics to the song, the prayer, it's, we're praying from, for help from above to watch us and love us and keep us safe. And, um, the words just seem to flow through me. Um. I did want to say that about Drax, about my son. I left that out after I I, um, wouldn't hold him. Mr. was very stern and he gave me this message. Drax is exactly as he was meant to be. He is a gentle and loving being. He is a thinker. He will make many wise decisions as he is a judge of sorts and every society needs judges end quote i mean wow and linda moulton howe calling me was very very validating i mean linda moulton howe calling me um and she had several questions about the pregnancy she had interviewed 1500 um women who were pregnant with hybrids and she said that i was the only one that actually produced picture of the stomach and went through the you know like I do with my diary, keeping track of the pregnancy the whole time. Um, and she said that she'd never been put off by things that seemed incomprehensible. And I said those are the words that only a, a great researcher could say. Did, did Mr. sort
2: of give you an indication of where Drex is or about the seeding of a planet? Or what, do, what did he say to you?
1: Well, I believe, well, I I have been told that I have seen him. I just don't remember it, because he wanted to see me. But it's not time for me to remember that at this point. But he will be for the new Earth. He will be a judge of the new Earth. And um, we certainly need good, fair, loving judges on this planet. We won't be here, the awakened ones. We we will be um, like the rapture. I'm feeling where I can explain it. I drew a picture at the end of symbiosis of me standing amid all of the ships, rods, and orbs, and I realized that they had come. They had come for me. No, it sounds crazy.
2: But But your story is sounding less crazy all the time now that we've got you know? know.
1: I know.
3: (laughs) Well, another interesting thing that um, some of these women were saying as they were under hypnosis was they realized that they will inhabit the babies that they produce for some of them, that that is one of one of the purposes of going through these pregnancies so that they can inhabit this new body on this other earth. Which I thought was pretty
2: interesting. Amazing. Sarah, can I ask? Did any of your clients uh, describe being able to see the baby, or because you always hear these stories about the bonding, where they Mm -hmm. you get to see the baby one time and you bond? Did you get into those kind of stories?
3: Oh my gosh, yes. So one thing that they were saying was that they keep the baby in longer. Um, with the um, older women, and they're able to hide it better, so they keep it in longer. And they realized with the teenagers, they couldn't keep it in as long, or it'd be too obvious. Wow. So the the belly would actually show. And um, they said that they bring the mothers to wherever these babies are, usually the ship, and they would come um, bond with the babies. That that was very important. Mm-hmm. And then they would erase the memory mm-hmm. of the mothers, you know, before they put them back. And some of the the women I um I regressed they remember being dropped off at a different location not in their bed or sometimes it would be on the floor or it would be down the street a little bit and <laughs> that would be a little bit confusing <laughs> when they came to did that ever happen to you Nancy or no were you always put back in your bed
1: well um one time when they were putting me back um they kind of not dropped me, but I felt like I, <laughs> I fell a few inches as I was hitting the, hitting the bed. Oh,
2: yeah, I've heard that before. It's almost like they drop you from about five feet above the bed. Into the
1: bed. <laughs> I've heard that before a lot of times. Oops, sorry about that. <laughs> it was
3: interesting because they were saying that only a specific type of woman could be used for this. They had to be very, they're very, very special. Because they want to make sure that the the new earth doesn't get contaminated. So these uh, these women that they use are very sought after. And this is like a highly prized position, believe it or not. It probably doesn't feel like that to the women going through it. Because they also oftentimes feel a sense of loss. And they don't really know what this loss is. They just feel it and they can't really describe it. They think they were crazy, that they weren't really pregnant. They have to try to convince themselves that this didn't happen. Nobody is there to, you know, to share this with. And if they try to share it, they're called crazy. And then they come to my office and I'm like, I see this all the time.
1: Thank you so much for validating so many of us there. Just thank you so much. Wow. There's
3: so many people going through this, but just like you I can't even imagine how scared you must have been and you can't who can you share this stuff with
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nancy's having a hard enough time convincing people she's seen a ufo and has been abducted <laughs> forget about the baby <laughs> I,
1: know. I know and it just keeps getting crazier and crazier yeah
2: wow Nicole do you want to jump in you got any questions here we
1: we oh, actually God. had
2: we Nicole had a I don't know if you know Nicole had a triangle the other day we wrote a book on triangles and they left her with a little scratch on her arm which is a
1: yes I did see <laughs> wow, cool.
0: it hasn't like faded or it's mm-hmm. like a freckle I kind of just look at it and smile right now so it's a I'm, gift
1: oh take pictures yes uh, yeah in, no, in, in, I have in, in,
0: every day I've taken pictures just to see if there's any kind of change. But I was actually laughing with my friend, Bob McGuire. I'm like, I keep trying to shove my wrist under my kid's microscope.
1: <laughs> it won't fit. Again,
2: there we get, we almost have a thing like they're telling a story because in the book, we wrote a book called Triangles. And in the triangle in the triangle book, we had a bunch of people who had triangles on their wrists. And I was making the joke in the book, like, so what do, they, what do you need to put a triangle on somebody's wrist for? This whole right. idea that they're telling a story. And then suddenly uh, Nicole has a triangle appear on her wrist and her son had this very sort of, maybe you can tell the story about your son's little message that he got, which I thought was very, uh, very unique a couple of days before. And you were thinking about that when the triangle appeared, right?
0: Right. He just had this lovely moment. I like to catch him when he's really tired or when he's just woke up. And he sometimes tells me these, what I think are profound things and- (laughs) In this moment, he was telling me about a game that he plays after he falls asleep with his cousin, (laughs) who is a creator being once they're asleep and they do all these fun things and create things. And he told me as he was falling asleep, he goes, mom, in order, there's the universe, there's the multiverse, and then there's the ultraverse which is bigger than both of them. And then he's like, falls, falls asleep. (laughs) So the very next morning I'm waking him up for school and I'm like, Oh, good morning. Did you have a good sleep? And he goes, mom, I know what's bigger than the ultraverse. And I said, what, what, what's bigger? And he goes, love. And it's like back down. (laughs) And I was like, do you want five more minutes? And he goes, yeah. So it was later that evening. I'm like, I had already, I sent Grant that little sweetness because I knew he'd get a kick out of it. And then I was in my backyard later that evening, sitting down, I was going to space out, just relax before dinner. And I had heard, I kept hearing this tone throughout the day, like a fading tone. It would sound really piercing and then it would fade and i blew it off like two or three times throughout the day then i was like oh there's that tone oh will's message that's going to be so wonderful you know and just like that i felt like i was spaced out and then i was back and i looked down and the triangle was on my wrist and i got back up i walked into the house i was like everything will was still playing like everything was how it was like it just felt like a moment and this is how my synchronicities kind of come, though. I was laughing with Grant probably years ago. Mine always like happened so far after the fact. It's like, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, OK, well, yes. two months ago. So now here's my triangle or it's something I just kind of still have a hitch against. And then I have to like eat a big crow sandwich on it. And honestly, ladies, that's where I am with this conversation. Even when I talk with like my good friend, Melinda Leslie, about these topics, Mm -hmm. I get real clammy, like my palms sweat, like my stomach hurts because I have these little synchronicities with what you're sharing as well. Like when I had the technical difficulty before I left and came back. One thing I heard was you were 39 and they were saying, you're not in menopause. Well, I'm 41 and I've been arguing with my doctors yeah. since I was 39 going, I am in menopause. Like there is something going on. Like, I know I'm super young, but look, <laughs> you know, check, 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 check. And they're still at that point where they're not believing me, but I'm going to have my I told you so moment because I just will. But even smaller parts of your stories, just like, I don't know, one of these days I'll share more with you. But like right now, I'm still in that. Where do I dive into it? But it's so good to know that there are sources out there. Like, you know, I mentioned Melinda, but I I adore you, Nancy. I think you're. <laughs> second smileiest person. In <laughs> so that makes me just feel so much better. And with you, Sarah, like you said, like women are finding their way to you. I'm sure more women somewhere, if not you somewhere else. And this is part of our job to kind of help each other through the different stages we're at with this. So mm-hmm. It's exciting and nerve-wracking like any pregnancies would be, I'm sure. So, and we always find comfort when we can turn to the other women who have gone through things. So yeah, this is great. This will be a good conversation to share and it's gonna spark a lot more. I know that. (laughs) Well, for
3: teenagers, what what they would say was that the teen for the teenagers that had this experience. They all noticed the same thing. They would all have really terrible menstrual periods. Mm-hmm. And they felt almost like something was being ripped out of them. Yeah. And and a lot of the times their higher self said that it would be taken right before their menstrual period and wow. they would be in pain. Mm-hmm. So there's that as well. I understand
0: that. Yeah. Well, my my story sort of starts at birth. Like two weeks after I was born, I was hospitalized for ovarian hernias. And kind of ever since then, you know, it's been like each stage in my life, like that area of my body. But yeah, like I actually took myself to the hospital when I was in college once. It was so bad that I and I was just sure. And they were like, oh, he had a ruptured cyst. It's over now. You'll be fine.
3: Wow. You know, like
0: Stories like that. And then I was an older mother. I waited till I was 35 until I had my human son. (laughs) And I've heard these stories as I've kind of come along with ufology and just talking with ladies, like they're like, you need to get regressed. You should probably have a hypnosis. Mm -hmm. And I haven't gone down that path yet either, but there's just too many things that click that I know I won't like circle this rabbit hole forever, but Sarah, mm-hmm. I might be calling you. So
2: yeah, well, let's ask Sarah, because I ask this of most times I talk to people who do hypnosis. Sarah is when you do, when somebody's sort of wondering, should I get hypnosis? Should I not get hypnosis? The question is, is anybody not better off going through hypnosis or does everybody okay. get something out of it?
3: Well, everybody gets something out of it. I mean, but it's, of course, important for the person to want to get regressed.
2: Yeah, yeah. But, but, you know, people was, have that sort of, they're, they don't know I should do it, but I really don't know. Right? And, you know, maybe I'm going to tell some story to Sarah that I shouldn't be telling her. And and I'm going to get, find out something. And they have these sort of reservations, which when you talk to people after they come out, then you hear like, wow, they're just like, mm-hmm. especially when you do like between life stuff, they're just like, floored by what they Mm learn.
3: Well, basically it just puts all the pieces together because in a QHHT session, you can find out everything about yourself. I mean, it uses a tool that's used scientifically. It's using hypnosis. And basically what that is, is focused, deep concentration. And you're using that tool with this QHHT. So it's woo woo mixed with something that's just a tool. So it's a really great combination. And you just basically focus inwards you can find out everything about yourself, who you really are, your true purpose. And you can even heal your body, which is why it's so popular. Wow.
1: And you are one of only 14 in the world, um, level three mm-hmm. practitioners, correct? Wow. Now
3: there are more. But when I first got my level three, there were I think there were only 12. Wow. That's so impressive.
0: That's and yeah, impressive. earlier yes. in the talk,
3: when you mentioned,
0: you know, that People get so much good out of these sessions and it's like, yeah, that is very encouraging. You know, I think it's something in the States and Nancy, you can probably attest for this and grant maybe in Canada. I don't know how you guys put value on your mental health. But I know there has been a turn in the last 15 or 20 years in the States where it's geared towards, it's okay to seek out mental health and alternative ways of caring Mm -hmm. for yourself to where it's not like that instant crazy label, or there's something wrong with you because let's Mm -hmm. face it,
2: there's something wrong with everybody. Everybody needs a therapist. (laughs) Absolutely, you're right. Well, that's where we're shifting more to the women. Like the women are more open to talk about this kind of stuff. It's the guys who will go, you know, when they hear this conversation today, they're going to go, oh, come on. Everyone. They're going to be like, it's that left brain male thing. Almost like when Nancy, when you, when you were trying to tell the men around you and they were like, you better stop being pregnant. That kind of yeah. thing. Where men, it's, okay. they, they just don't want, they, they want to be cool. They want to be skeptical, you know, and stuff like that. So let me ask one question here and then you guys can keep talking Uh, this idea that this is going to be kind of a revolutionary thing when people hear this, because everybody's into the aliens are taking people against their will and they're making these babies. And this is what it's all about. And now we're telling sort of a different story, a more sort of a positive story. So can we get sort of talk about that, about how this gives a different impression of what's actually going on? what this. This hybrid thing or whatever this baby thing is about, that it's not what people have been playing, you know, whether it's Jacobs or Hopkins and stuff like that, where people are made to be afraid, like they're going to grab you and they're going to do this kind of stuff. The story we're telling tonight is, I think, a little bit of a different story that puts a different spin on it, which almost goes to what Nancy, what what he told you your pain is perceived, it put the mm-hmm. best construction on everything. And exactly. this, this idea that you should look at the positive. of it. So can we talk a little bit about that, about how this is a more positive view of how, what this is all about and what they're actually up to, because, you know, you get this evil alien thing that, that keeps popping up every couple of days.
1: Yeah. I'm, it gets old. Um, I know, I know in my heart that I signed up for this mission. And everything that is happening. Um, And I think um, other women who have had hybrid children uh, realize that too. Of course, um, you go through all the emotions of thinking you're crazy and imagining it. That's normal and fear. But you come to a point, once you open yourself up, and you allow this high strangeness to enter and keep happening. And uh, you realize your purpose, you know, and your mission. And I'm, I'm so glad. I'm, I'm honored. Uh, I'm thrilled to be doing what I'm doing. Um, no matter what I lose or who I lose in my life. This is my mission
2: And and I, I look up to you for that because I know the stuff you've gone through, I mean I know what you what you what you've given up to come up with this message, and you've never stepped over the line. You've always stayed right there and mm-hmm. uh, held held your ground. So mm-hmm. I appreciate that that you've done this for all the people who can't talk. You're talking for a lot of people yes. who are still sitting in the background and are scared and and this kind of thing. So I appreciate you're doing that. Thank you, sir Grant. What
3: Nancy said is what I hear as well in my sessions that they signed up for it. And essentially what I've really come to understand is we are them. They are us. There's absolutely no separation whatsoever. There's nothing to be afraid of. They love us, (laughs) help us. And they say all the time that they really want humanity to understand who we really are and why we're here and who we really are and why we're here. We're really an ancient grouping of beings that have traveled from planet to planet to see what the next and the next will bring to further this experiment so that we may never be alone.
1: You said something that just blew my mind. In one of my regressions, I said, "quote oh, they are us. In the- <laughs> <laughs> that came out of you know nowhere they are us in the future and that always yeah. stuck with
2: me so yeah I always appreciate the fact that you've got the direct link I sometimes I ask you questions like can you ask them this ask yeah him it's like uh, so <laughs> I, I appreciate what you've done uh, in, in in getting this out um, wh- anything else you want to add Nicole or, or or question on I, I let me ask uh, Sarah as it popped in my head is this gonna be in one of your upcoming books or, you, or do you discuss it in your book? Um, so I, I discuss
3: things? a lot more of it in my upcoming book. It's almost done because oh, okay. it's almost done from them.
2: <laughs> there you go. So now now we've got sort of a little uh, a sneak preview of, of what your next book is gonna be. And uh, it should be uh, pretty enter- entertaining because I think this is something that um, a lot of people are gonna go, what? But when you hear the evidence, it's pretty compelling when you. It's not one person. This is a pile of people all telling a very common story, which I think maybe maybe shift the the emphasis towards the positive. And the well, good, can I
1: see? Oh, go ahead. Oh, Sarah's coming from to, speaking to the mainstream. She's this goes beyond the field of ufology. Yeah, and that's what I love is she's speaking to the mainstream also. Yeah.
3: Well, I'm new to this um, group as well. Yes.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
3: I've just got into it because all my clients were mm-hmm. you know sharing this information. But I'm going to be speaking at the Laughlin um UFO conference. And so during the Laughlin UFO conference, I thought I would just bring some evidence with me <laughs> with some little video clips of my mm-hmm. clients that allowed me to share them.
2: Wow. Wow, that'll be
0: so great. And I, I think this is Grant always compares uh ufology to something biblical like being in the times of Jesus. Like <laughs> I honestly think that is one of these moments because, like I said a little bit earlier, women turn so much to women to find out what's going on with themselves and kind of consult and This is opening the door. And I think a lot of ladies out there will be like, okay, now we can start the real crazy chats, you know, like,
3: (laughs) let's do this. And
0: no, it'll give others confidence to keep coming forward. And it's gonna be great. So thank you. You know, if
3: you're scared to get a regression too, you can do just what you did with your son, Nicole, Mm -hmm. when you wake up in the morning and you still have that access to your dream, You can just sit in that state and, and just ask and see what comes.
0: Ooh, I'll try that. And now I haven't ever been scared. It's like, I started with ufology. I came after my sightings and some experiences. I really looked at it through a nuts and bolts kind of lens. And I always heard the arguments of, you know, Oh, it can mess with your head. Oh, go to somebody who's not in ufology. And, freak them out. And then they'll tell you it's real. (laughs) You know, it's like you hear all these (laughs) things. And I, I kind of believe it's like you said, like these things present themselves and it's, if it's the right time, it's the right time. It's just nothing is, I'm one of these, I don't, I think people call me a new experiencer because I don't have those fearful abduction scenarios. I don't ever feel like I'm taken I've never had the table dream <laughs> you know things like that so it's kind of made me search for more people like me which I have found over the years that don't have that scenario so I don't know if it's a level up in their technique of what they're doing they're kind of learning what freaks it, us out maybe you're,
2: you're not one of the special people you just get a triangle
0: right spe- when you become
2: the special I'm person be you need a baby at 60 years old. <laughs>
0: But you know, I don't know. It's like you find your truths and it's like, I know it's from that timelessness, that time you spend in, in the, in between with them. And it's like, it tunes your yourself in. So when you hear yourself echoed, you find it. And that's when you're like, Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm going to talk to these ladies, but I'm not opposed to it. I just, I also live in the middle of nowhere. So for me to find a hypnotherapist it's at least an hour away i do know that so
2: it'll be interesting at starworks because jacques valet will be there uh, there will be a bunch of people there who really have some doubts about the whole abduction story and mm-hmm. and what's going on so it'll be interesting to see how they react because this is pretty yeah. strong evidence you can maybe add nancy into your your little thing that you the people are starting to come forward that you're learning this um, and I think that's what it's about it's, it's about going out there and putting this new idea and a lot of people will sit there and they may sort of doubt it, but they'll think about it and it will change. It will change the flow because it's almost like it's not like we are going to convince everybody. Max Planck said, you know, this whole famous thing about um, science advances one funeral at a time. It's not like we are going to go out and convince everybody of what's going on. It's just you move a little bit. And people move a little bit and then they move a little bit. And that's the way it works that you, you, all you can really do uh, for all of us is just take um, what you've been given and put it into the mix and just let it happen with, with uh, whatever's going to come out of it. So you're going to be adding, but I I know um, a lot of people are going to be very interested in this at the Starworks. I know a lot of people are going to be there and I'm going to do similar type of stuff. I'm going to bring some new ideas in that, Are kind of revolutionary that are not uh this they're straight nuts and bolts or the straight contacty uh type thing which and that's how i think um i i i think it's i think it's more planned than people think it is it's like and you maybe want to speak to that sarah because you've done a lot of regressions about this idea about random and chance you know people Uh think oh it's just random it's all just this sort of stuff and the more i look at the phenomena over all these years the more i see like nah this is this, this was meant to be this this was intended to happen and then you feel uh, you know you feel sort of honored and I know Nancy had a lot of you know reservations about her life and about whatever but you you see the how you've turned around in terms of carrying this very spiritual message and where Sarah pointed out that the special people get to have this and it's almost like you've come from what you thought you were to what you actually are, which is perhaps a very uh, spiritually advanced person with a message Mm -hmm. for the world. Yes. Yeah. And so any other things we want to bring up here or should we? Nicole, anything else?
1: Nicole,
0: well, I was just gonna say that maybe we should do this again. Should be like a couple times a year meeting. <laughs> Keep yeah. spreading the word. We needed
1: this. You know, Laughlin,
0: just... this this uh, conference at Laughlin, I think it's gonna be a lot of fun for you guys. Like, yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: it was. I had a great time at Laughlin last year. Different conference, but same location, and it's always a good time. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, this time you're gonna get Jack Ballet, who's done it since 1955. He is probably one of the most foremost thinkers in the UFO field. And he's looked at consciousness and he's, he's the one that says, you know, I'd be very surprised if this turns out to be extraterrestrials, just simply extraterrestrials flying around in, in tin cans. And he was the one that started this years ago. He realizes it's much more complex than people think it is. I think he'll be fascinated. You probably want to talk to you and sort of pick your brain. He may not go there, but um, you as a level three and bringing this, um, evidence in, I think you're, you're where you're supposed to be. And uh, I really appreciate your helping change the sort of the paradigm, which is, I think what we're doing. And uh, I think it's uh, it's a, I think this is a historic interview in terms of bringing something that I'd only heard once by Nancy. And what do you do with it? And now you've added all these other pieces, which everybody's going to go, wow, maybe this is for real and it does make sense this idea of using women rather than young girls because people will talk about this about how traumatic it was and the the, mm-hmm. the, the pain and stuff like that so you we've added a whole new element to a very not a tainted but the way the way the story is told is told completely differently this sort of changes it and it's it's got some evidence to back it up so i appreciate everybody joining and and Doing this, and we'll see where it goes. And make sure you let me know what happens at uh, at Laughlin, what people say, because I'm going to be on uh, coming in on a Zoom, so you won't you won't see me there. But um, I really appreciate your your sharing. And we're going to do the other one. Maybe Nicole can jump in. We're going to do the one with the QHHT. And so give give me your contact. How would they contact you? Because uh, QHHT is a is a is a big thing. A lot of people. Are, uh, know about it because of uh, Dolores Cannon and her work so give us your your contact information and where people can contact you in the name of your book again and Nancy let's go through the names of your books because you've done two and you're coming out with a third one right
1: mm.
2: Mm. oh now she's thinking
1: <laughs> <laughs> well this is well I'm not going to talk about it. I was going to to go there but I'm I'm going to leave that for another time. But I am being um, pulled in another direction, uh, and I'm going where I'm being pulled. And and I I've, I'll leave you with that wonder wow. is. But I haven't told um, many people. But uh, wow, it, it's in a direction, and it's the new mission that I I need to be fulfilling. It's where I'm headed. I've been at this for ten years, and it's time now. For me to move on, but wow. yeah, symbiosis. Uh, Love beyond space and time, and uh, enlightened chapters of my life. They're both on Amazon.
2: Beautiful, uh, and and we should mention the fact that uh, hopefully it's still on. Uh, you will be the um, key focus of a Broadway uh, musical on your story on the on the UFO thing, where again we've moved it beyond this discussion about good aliens and bad aliens to the general public where we're sort of putting a message out. That's not threatening that um, Doug alt is doing the music. He spent a lot of time. He was very impressed with your story. So you have that on your plate as well. Is that still going on?
1: Yes. Um, Well, it it is um, loosely based on Cindy and I, Yeah. um, Yeah. our our story. Um, And yeah, he's, He's still at it, um, we don't talk as much as we have because I'm working on something else right yeah. now, and so is he, yeah, and uh yeah, I th- I think it'll go through for him. I really do, I believe that I uh,
2: hope to hope to see you there. I think we're in the fourth row, Doug said, you don't put you in the first row, it's too close, but we' in the fourth okay. row. I'll be there row. and you said first you had your dress picked out for the uh for the opening night,
1: no, not yet.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: <Not> yeah. <laughs> okay sarah any closing remarks as to uh, where people can contact you and uh...
3: um they can go to my website theholistichypnotist.com um i'm pretty booked out but you can just um you know leave me a message and i'll fit you on my waiting list for right now wow. um booked until a... may but um
2: up until i'll may. open it
3: up I'll open it up in a few months.
2: (laughs) What do most people come to you for? What what is the main thing that they they want from you?
3: Um, It's funny you asked me that because one of the clips that I'm going to show at Laughlin was just this woman who just came because she wanted to, uh, you know, heal her allergies. (laughs) She didn't even know anything about, I like, I like to use people for my books or for anything that don't really know anything about this stuff consciously. Yeah. So she didn't really know if she believed in aliens, she called them. Yeah. Um, so she was regressed to be an alien crashing her ship, but now she knew where everything was, every button. <laughs> um <laughs> but a lot of people come to me uh, for healing purposes. And QHHT is really popular for that because the body's just a messenger. And once you get the the message, the body can instantly heal itself. So people come to QHHT practitioners for that mostly. Um, But like I said, it was no coincidence that I started getting all these clients so I could share this information. But if you want to find a different QHHT practitioner in your area, you can go to QHHTofficial.com. And if you want to take a class, if you're interested in it, you can type in the code Trust at checkout, and I believe you save ten percent.
2: You you were you were training as well. You were with uh right. Cannon's daughter, right? And you were
3: before the quarantine. I was traveling all over the world with um, Julia Cannon, and I was assisting her in teaching the classes. Wow. Um,
2: so we've got the expert. Uh, I'm, I'm honored yes, to have the can. expert on here. Wow. And, and Nancy, um, th- th- tell a little story. I, I always say I should tell this little story because it's it's kind of humorous. Where Nancy, as you can see, is sort of very nervous. She's, she's very serious. And I remember she came to uh, Dolores Cannon's conference at Eureka Springs <laughs> to give the lecture. And uh, she got on the wrong plane, she was heading for Dallas. She made them stop the plane, and get, get me off. <laughs> so they got you on the right plane and you came in. And I remember you, I remember the morning that you spoke. And th- this is a good story. It ends well. Uh, you, can't, you She came. So she's she speaking, I think, 9 30 Sunday morning, right? And and she comes and she's there at 7 30 in the morning. And she said, Well, let me in. Why did I? So Nancy, nobody comes at 7 30 in the morning. She's busy. And then she didn't eat. She did breakfast. She's she's saying, I'm hungry. I got to eat. I got to eat. I'm going to faint. I'm going to eat. So we couldn't find any because the restaurant hadn't opened yet. So I go and get from KGRA radio. I get some candy. Starburst.
1: <laughs> and was- Starburst. And all my Starburst, teeth are candy. bonded and veneers. And I had
2: to go back and I where's
1: Nancy? <laughs>
2: she's behind the curtain. She's the curtain around the window. She's behind the curtain. I go, how are you doing behind the curtain? <laughs> Hi, <laughs> she's all hyper. And then she goes in. I'm going, oh, this is going to be terrible. Nancy's just going to blow it. She goes on stage, and I remember, this is, this is you'll like this, she gives this lecture, when it was over, one quarter at least of the people were crying in the audience, including me, and I remember standing ovation, everybody stood, it was unbelievable, and I remember Dolores Cannon's daughter, who was going to publish her book, came up to me, and she said, because we published your first book, helped you publish, and she said to me, we made a mistake, thank you for taking the book and she, even she was amazed i mean it was one of the most dramatic speeches i've ever seen it was just like wow. first time speech people standing and then you were, were all these people standing at your thing and you sold all your books in about 10 minutes It was like all oh, these yeah. it was it was amazing so uh it, it's it's been a it's been a, a ride and how i was, got on
1: the wrong plane i never told you i was finding a guy with a nice butt
2: there you go <laughs> Well, I do want to mention that. You also said when we were selling the books, I said, well, you did really well. And she said, yeah, there's three guys that were trying to get my number. So, three guys <laughs> <that> were, <laughs> and I
1: thought, wow, that's, 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 that's good. <laughs> like, cool yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, and I wanted to say that if anybody wants to reach out to me, that, you know, um, they can email me. I get emails from people all over the world, but n- no one's ever written me about the pregnancies um tremaine.nancy at gmail and i will get back to you so
2: give it one more, more time
1: tremaine.nancy at
2: gmail yeah, and, yeah, and, and people can do what i do and take good questions because i remember i asked you to ask whether they were an alien let's finish with that i asked you did you ever ask him if he was an alien what did he say you, you remember you put that
1: yes um, not alien to this planet or any planet as we have always been here
2: there you go and that you hear that you start hearing that there's the beings in great britain told me that and when i heard that i yeah. said oh that's what nancy's people said they said oh you want us to be ets we can be ets we can take you to our planet we can <laughs> do that if you want but no we've always been here you are the visitor that's what they said. yes
1: me. we are love the
2: that. we are the visitor <laughs> that's that's strange and that's it. when you get into this thing about the military and so I know I always say the thing with the military is you want to get stop trouble it's their airspace they were here first Stay out of their airspace quit bugging them or learn to play in the sandbox properly mm-hmm. and then you won't have any problems with these things around your military planes mm-hmm. and stuff so I really I really see the messages coming and I appreciate uh, my friendship with all of you thank you for sharing this I think this is a historic uh, interview and uh, we'll see what happens Thank you. Thank you. Thank all of you. Namaste. Thank you. Okay, you can stop the tape. Beautiful. So, we'll have this up on the podcast and we'll have it up on... uh, um, Nicole will put it up first on her YouTube channel. And uh, we haven't even put uh, Sarah's first one up yet, but um, I told it was for the conference, so we should try to get it up before the conference. Mm-hmm. and and did you get a did you get a call from um from california yet from the consciousness life expo no no okay cuz she said she knows she's going to she's probably she's going to be at the conference and i said we've got a couple more interviews and um i i think you will probably end up there because that's that's the place to be is, uh when you want to talk consciousness and leading edge stuff so we'll keep working on that um
3: it's so funny how they they totally have control of this whole thing because um, this, like I said, they just want to get this information out. And it's so funny because I got this call from somebody. Her name was Regina Meredith. I was like, that sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: just,
3: and she doesn't know how she got a hold of my book.
2: Wow. Wow. Really, yeah, that's the thing. When the time is right, that's when it'll happen. The way I, And you probably even have the beings say that. Because people always say to yeah. the beings like, why do you taking me to school? Why why are you making me do this? Why, why, what's this all about? I mean, and then they always say the same thing: when the time is right, you'll know what to do,
3: mm. right?
2: <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. that, that it's all in timing. We want because we're in the Western world, we want everything yesterday, so we we you know right. we, we have no patience for anything. And uh, so. I've been
1: constantly told to enjoy the ride and that I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: It's hard to
0: accept that though, that you're doing just exactly what you're supposed to be doing. Yes. Um, Yeah,
2: yeah, unless you have the vision, maybe we should, I get, Nancy, I'll get you to to detail that for me because we had an interview that we did with, and we have a fourth one now. We did, um, Mark Segal, I don't know if you know him from California, he got the the message in a float tank. Then we had a girl who had a near-death experience 50 years ago, face first into the concrete off a motorcycle. And then the third was a QHHT that will be with Sarah and I next week from Edmonton who had the vision. She was having a rough time in her life. She was reading a book and this happened. And it's when it happens to you and you suddenly get this vision where everything's perfect. I remember Mark saying to me, he said, I I didn't tell anybody. I was, he was so embarrassed. He said, like, I can't tell people this, everything's perfect. And it's like, but when they give you the vision, then you know that. So it's different than the, the theoretical left brain thing. It's, when they actually show it to you and you see it, that these people, we had three of them. So we put them all on at the same time to get across the message that this isn't one person's crazy idea. A lot of people are getting this idea. Everything's exactly the way it's supposed to be. Relax, enjoy the ride, do what you're supposed to do. And yeah, yeah it's it's strange. So wow. hopefully one, one step at a time, we sort of help the world and and shift it. And we, and we probably, I think everybody here probably agrees. We all probably, agreed to come in and have these meetings and do this and that you know whatever problems we find in the world we came at this time in this place in the middle of whatever mess we find ourselves in and the reason we did is because we chose to be here at this time in this place in the middle of this mess because we're here to help
3: Mm -hmm. definitely
1: beautiful
0: it's been fun ladies and grant oh it has it
1: really has this has really been cathartic
0: I I just burned some chicken nuggets for my son,
2: so I'm gonna go. You're you're a chef. Come on, you're supposed to be a chef. You're supposed to be a chef. Hey, I was completely distracted. (laughs) You
0: guys hear the alarm go off? It was like, bang!
1: (laughs) No,
2: okay, we'll we'll let it go. Thank you very much. Thank you bye, everybody. And and Nancy, you can send. That's this week's episode of the Paranormal UFO Consciousness Podcast. I'm your host, Grant Cameron, hoping that you will join me for upcoming episodes. Links to my YouTube interviews, books and my Facebook sites are in the show notes. If you love the podcast or learn something valuable, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate or give a review on today's episode. If you would like a certain paranormal subject dealt with in the future, please let us know until next time, watch
1: this space and thank you so much for listening.